There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans. I'm uh, Tennessean columnist Gentry Estes, and I'm joined by... Eric Backrack, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. And Eric, we're apparently about to have uh, some actual football practices to cover here soon. The Titans are approaching training camp here shortly, along with the rest of the NFL. It's a little awkward, it's a lot different, but it is happening. And uh, with that comes, I I guess, some storylines that would be, you know, be a little more normal, suggesting that, hey, you know, we're about to have football season, which is nice right now. Yeah, that that's coming. I, I think for now, all the storylines at at the moment. You know, here we are, three days into training camp, which which is still at this point COVID testing. All the story you know, storylines are, are still you know to this point extremely unusual and just something that we wouldn't be dealing with during a normal off season. You know, and and for the Titans, that's meant a couple of uh, interesting, significant de- developments. Number one. Uh, Isaiah Wilson landing on on the COVID nineteen list, um, which means he he may or may not have it. He he might have it. He might have been in contact with somebody who has it and is now quarantining. We don't know the the team is not going to disclose that information, but we do know that he's on the list. Um, and honestly, I, I would expect you know just looking around the league, looking at how things have gone, I I probably expect more players to wind up on that list as more test results come back. Um, so we'll see, you know, how, how that plays out. And then also, I think the one thing we should address probably right off the top, Gentry, is just the, the Vic Beasley situation, what's going Beasley, on there. It's not a good look when you've got a guy that you signed uh, to a one-year deal for $9.5 million. Um, you're looking for him to, to bolster your pass rush. It's That's been an issue, you know, that's been more or less a liability for the past couple of seasons. Uh, you know, the Titans got, got some good production from Kamalai Correa, End of last season, Howard Landry was was pretty decent, uh, but you're looking for Vic Beasley to be sort of that boost, and you you know with Mike Vrabel, um, just with the experience that he has, the hands-on nature of, of what he likes to do as far as coaching, uh, you were hoping that uh, you put those two together, um, put Beasley in an environment where it's it's kind of just a change of scenery from Atlanta. You were hoping that you could maybe unlock some more potential there, but. Uh, he has not shown up to camp yet. Um, we'll, we'll see if he's here today, uh, three days uh, into training camp. Uh, but the f- first two days, he did not report, and it's not like he's missing much at this point anyway, Gentry, but still not a great look you know, for him to not report when he was scheduled to. There, there's been some reports about a death in the family right. uh, being one of the reasons, which would make some sense except for the fact that John Robinson called his assets unexcused. Correct. And you would think that would be excused, wouldn't you? I mean, uh, it is a little mysterious right now why why he isn't there and why the Titans haven't approved him not being there. Uh, I also know in Beasley's case, there's a bit of a history when it comes to workouts and being around the team. So, you know, I don't know why he couldn't be there. He could have a very good reason, obviously. But I think... For someone like him, I don't know if you call it a prove-it deal because he's getting good money for this one year, one year with the Titans. But for him, it is. It's a prove-it kind of situation because his career has, has, has 
gone in a bad direction the last couple of years. He was a star at one point, but his production has just significantly shown it in flashes. Uh, the Titans showed uh, some real faith that that the player he has shown to be in the best of times is who he can be again. I I, I think he, he kind of needs to, on his end, be willing to do what's needed to make that, that possible, to work with the Titans, to be around Grable, to, to, to be what they want, you know, in a team-first guy and somebody who, can, who, who, who they're going to be glad that they went and got. Um, not not showing up, at least if it is unexcused, is not a good step, you know, not a good start towards that. Yeah, and, and we'll see what transpires over the next couple of days if, if he shows up. We'll see if those reports of, of him having a death in the family, you know, were exactly the reason that that he didn't show up. And, and again, to me, I'm, I'm not quite sure why he wasn't able to convey that to the Titans in, in some form or fashion, even a quick text you know, ju- does the job of, of letting them know where he is. Uh, I agree. Yeah, not. I mean, I, I think anyone you tell your employer that, right? Right. I mean, uh, doesn't make, it, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, and, um, you know, it, it leaves the Titans in, in kind of a weird and awkward spot, and, and honestly, I think it's a little bit embarrassing for, for John Robinson, um, you know, who, who's had a good offseason as far as bringing back guys um, and, uh, you know, just positioning the Titans well to make another run. Uh, your your biggest acquisition, and that's what Vic Beasley is for the Titans, as far as bringing in somebody from outside the organization, doesn't show up for the first couple of days. So so not a great look. I, I guess kind of just piggybacking off of that, Gentry. Before we even look at training camp, I'm curious what you thought of the Titans off season. Um, you know, just looking at the moves that they made, some of the moves that maybe they they hadn't made, uh, and just your evaluation of that quickly before we get into uh, looking ahead to training camp. Well, I think in terms of the Titans offseason to this point, they basically just held serve, right? I mean, if you go into the offseason, the two big questions were, were Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, and they were able to, to address both of those. They get both those guys back on long-term deals. So it's difficult to view the offseason as a, as a disaster simply because, you know, probably the two biggest things you need to do, you got done. Uh, but as you look at the roster as it stands now, it, it's just it's difficult to see why that roster is better than the, the one that lost in Kansas City. Uh, you did lose some key guys along the way, some veterans. Uh, I think it, with this team there, you just don't know why they're a lot better. And, and I, I think you know that's either through you know free agency, there weren't a lot of, of big impact additions. Uh, the draft wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't the kind of thing that you look at and you say, gosh, that drastically changes the look of what they want to do and what they're going to be able to do. Um, you know, maybe this is a team, you know, this is a team that was so close to the Super Bowl that maybe you look at it and say that only a few tweaks were needed. You know, this team's close anyway. But you could also look at it and say, okay, well, despite the postseason run, this team went 9-7, and seven, and they were lucky, really, to even get in the playoffs. Uh, that, to me... Was a, it showed a team that that had some room to grow, really, and you you just don't look at this offseason and see how they did that. How are they going to be different? How are they going to be better? These are questions that that I think you'd have uh, because they really didn't change the look of much of anything, and they lost a few key guys. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I think if you look at the roster, the roster side by side, the roster that went into the 
AFC Championship game versus this roster, I, I agree for the most part. It's just, to me, it's like if you could get the team that was playing as well as it was playing toward the end of the regular season last year, I think you'd take that, you know, 10 times out of 10, um, especially when you consider, you know, it was a weird offseason, but I, I still think an offseason in which Ryan Tannehill knows he's the guy, you know, has all that time to sort of prepare as such. And, uh, you know, we spoke with him on a conference call a couple of days ago, and he said, you know, chemistry with an offensive coordinator is similar to chemistry among players. You know, that the more, you, the more time you spend with a guy, an offensive play caller, the sort of, the more you, you kind of guys get in rhythm, get in tune. And so I think there's, there's you know, some legitimate um, reasons to be optimistic and encouraged on that front. You know, so I, I think if if they can be any semblance of, of the team that they were toward the end of last season, and I think just based on how much emphasis they, they put on bringing guys back, you know, especially on offense, I think that's in place. And I think, you know, you look at A.J. Brown, you'd probably expect him to take a step forward. You would expect Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill. You would, you know, I, I think there's, there's certainly room for that to stay consistent uh, and stay as successful as it was. You know, so I, I think there's there's things in place for the Titans. There's aspects of this team that, that really have to have you encouraged uh, just based off of, you know, the proven formula that, that they showed last year. I, I think if you're looking to build, I think where the building comes in is kind of just, um, you know, continuing to build off of, of the guys they already have in place. I, I don't think, as you said, they did anything to sort of drastically change the look of this team, um, the feel of it. And I think leadership is going to be something that, you know, we, we talk about in training camp and, you know, as the season goes on, just with losing guys like Jarrell Casey, Logan Ryan, Delaney Walker, even Marcus Mariota, you know, I, I think that's, you know, a, a pretty big thing. And, and those names, you know, were important losses, but I, I do think there's there's guys in place that are ready to step up. You know, who knows, maybe maybe they get overall improvement from, from guys like that as well. We'll see. Just looking ahead to training camp now, Gentry, there's, you know, a lot of interesting position battles that the Titans have up and down the roster. Uh, there's a few to me that jump out. I'm curious to you, which which of the big ones to you is the one you're most exci- excited to see unfold once we're actually able to get out to, to St. Thomas Sports Park and watch in, in whatever capacity we are this, this training camp? You know, honestly, you can look at the Titans offense right now and pretty much give the eleven. There's some question at right tackle, I guess, with Dennis Kelly and, and, and Isaiah Wilson. So that'd be one. Uh, backup quarterback would be another. Uh, kicker, honestly, I think would be one. I, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, you don't really know what's going to happen there. Um, but I do feel like there's there's quite a bit of continuity offensively from what they did a year, year ago. And, you know, defensively, you're adding some pieces, but without – even with Dean P's leaving, they're not changing anything defensively. They're basically going to try to keep doing what they're doing. So I think there's quite a bit of continuity there, too. Really, the, the questions I would have, you mentioned the, the step-up factor. And the way this is setting up is the Titans are going to be relying on a lot of guys who, for whatever reason, you think can do it, but they haven't yet to step up and kind of be that guy. You mentioned A.J. Brown. Is he a Pro Bowl caliber number one receiver? Well, I think we're going to find that out this year. I, I, I think Johnny Smith is another one, a tight end, that, that could step up and be that guy. He's shown the ability to do it, but now the Titans need him to do it. 
Uh, defensively, there's quite a few of those. Jeffrey Simmons is one that I think he showed every, every sign last year of what a dominant force he could be in the middle of the line. But but now, if, if he doesn't, it's not a bonus. Now he's got to do it. Adoree Jackson's got to be that guy. It's not a bonus if he is anymore. It's, it's He's got to be that guy. And to me, that's the, kind of the big question in, in training camp, along with some rookies that you know already you're going to be relying on, Darrington Evans being the big one. Uh, because what you did is, I, I, I was never a fan of, of what the Titans got out of Deion Lewis, certainly what they were paying him. But now you're asking a rookie from Appalachian State who's been playing in the Sun Belt to, to come into the NFL and be a guy who you put on the field on third down. Um, how does that go? There, there are other, you know, the back of quarterback we mentioned is, is, is the kid from Hawaii. Is he possibly, could he possibly challenge Logan Woodside there? And if Logan Woodside isn't good enough, do you need to bring someone else in there? Um, it's a step-up factor. They've shown a lot of faith in the guys that are already on the team, and now they've got to get to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think that that's uh, an important part of what we're going to see unfold at St. Thomas Sports Park. You know, for me, uh, something that, that you kind of hinted at, it, to me, you know, backup quarterback is certainly the one that I'm most curious to watch sort of just transpire between Logan Woodside, if, if he's the guy, uh, versus Cole McDonald, if he's able to make any noise in that regard. I, I, I also think that you know, just looking at wide receiver beyond, and this is something you've talked about a lot about Gentry, you know, beyond A.J. Brown, beyond Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys, it's kind of an interesting group that you have as, as far as depth and, and a potential number four wide receiver and determining who that is. Uh, you know, Tajay Sharp is, is obviously in Minnesota now, signed there this offseason as a free agent. You know, he was, to me, a quintessential number four wide receiver. He did a lot of things... Well, you didn't really count on him to be, you know, a, a top three guy in that group. But he was on, when he was on the field, he was capable of, of big moments, of, of clutch plays. And I think that's going to be missed. I think that's a part of their team um, that was kind of under the radar that, that now is more exposed now that Tajay Sharp isn't there. You know, I, I think right now Khalif Raymond is, is probably that guy just, just going into training camp. And we'll see how all of that plays out. But, you know, you've got guys like Cameron Bat, Batson, who's also back there, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if he can make some noise. It, to me, it's just an interesting position group, um, you know, because of, of the depth factor. Uh, and, and to me, one of the bigger questions is if you have a guy like A.J. Brown or Corey Davis, who, by the way, is opening training camp on, on the PUP list, if, if one of those guys gets injured, you know, I think it, it becomes more of a, a glaring problem. Uh, so I, I guess I wanted to ask you about that, and also just in general the the depth of this team, because to me I'm pretty. If you're a Titans fan, I think you have to be pretty encouraged by the starters and and everything you see there. But it's it's once you get into the depth, and I think depth is a biggest a, 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 you know as big a concern as it has ever been this off season. Just with you know guys probably having to miss time left and right due to to COVID. You know, we see it across the league, just guys that are being placed on that reserve list. Uh, I'm curious what you think of the depth, and especially on, on offense. We could talk about defense in a second, but where do you see the Titans in that regard, and, and if you feel uh, optimistic about it? Well, I, I think from a depth standpoint, there's two, two key areas that going into the draft, well, free agency as well, but really the draft that 
the Titans really could have helped themselves given what was available. And wide receivers top of that list. I mean, quarterback was another. They did take a quarterback in the fifth round. We'll see how that goes. Um, but they didn't move quicker to get a more of a, a, a highly touted kind of guy at quarterback, and they didn't do anything to help the wide receiver. And I think that, above anything else, would be my big concern about the offense is, is the idea, yeah, Tajay Sharp was a productive guy who you lose. I mean, he's not a, a big-name player, but he's the kind of guy that you're going to miss him when he's not there. Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, Adam Humphreys, we, you know, he was he was a big addition when he came in, but I think we kind of saw some of the limitations there last year, uh, in terms of, of being a guy on the edge. So now you're you're we mentioned AJ Brown, and I, and I do think AJ Brown is is a potential star. He did enough last season to show he is the number one guy on this team. Uh, that leaves Corey Davis, and, and you could say you're kind of waiting on him to step up. But Eric, they've been waiting on Corey Davis to step up this whole time. Um, I don't think he's going to be a long term solution for them at wide receiver, so it did surprise me a little bit that, that given the fact that there were a ton of wide receivers available in this draft, that the Titans were willing to do a little more in terms of, of trying to bolster things up in that position. It's probably okay given the starters, but, but yeah, I agree with you. If, if there are some issues where guys are out, it gets thin there very, very quickly uh, in terms of productive guys in the passing game, and uh, you know, I understand that Derrick Henry's the one that almost took him to the Super Bowl, but they don't get in the playoffs without Ryan Tannehill in the passing game getting going the way it did. You know, they're, they're going to have to throw the ball to people other than tight ends at some point. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, again, I think that's why depth is, is a really big question for this team, especially given just the nature of, of the NFL, the world, and, and how things are going right now with COVID. Uh, Gentry, again, kind of looking at training camp, rookies that you're most excited to watch, or one rookie that you're most excited to watch. Is there a guy that is high on your list that, you know, you're just excited to see with your own eyes how he kind of fares against uh, NFL competition uh, once once we're able to get to practices? Mission Darrington Evans, and I think that's that's a key guy for this team, but it's, also, it's a guy they like. The Titans are high on him. They, they, were, they were pretty excited about what they got there, I think. And, and, you know, this is a guy they're clearly going to be relying on quite a bit, you know, maybe every third down, this is the guy who's going to become the new Deion Lewis, so I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. I think he's a talented guy, but he also, you know, when, when you're talking about skill guys who didn't play in a major conference, there's going to be some question there. You would, you, you know, you, you've seen it a little more from a guy like, say, Christian Fulton, because he played in the SEC. Seeing what he can do against some of these receivers in Alabama that were picked so high. You know, there's value in that. So I think, you know, for a rookie in training camp, there's always going to be a way. Maybe when you're not playing in one of these these big-time programs, there's maybe a little bit more of one. And I, I think, um, you know, assuming Isaiah Wilson's available, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens at right tackle, if he's ready right away. I, I think kind of the, the book on him maybe going into the draft is that he was, a talented guy with a lot of ability, but maybe a little bit more of a of a project, which, you know, you bring back Dennis Kelly, and you do have kind of a safety net at that position if Isaiah Wilson isn't ready, but, you know, gosh, Eric, do you take a first-round guy that you can't start? I mean, that, that may be what ends up happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the sort of limited off-season 
hurts guys like Wilson, you know, that potentially had a chance to make a play for, for a starting role. I, you know, I think it hurts a lot of different guys in different situations, but I think Wilson falls under that umbrella for sure. And, and to me, you know, I think um, Evans is, is probably also the guy I'm most excited to watch, especially after some comments that Ryan Tannehill made on a conference call with us recently just about the fact that the two of them actually got together over the offseason a bunch of times and, and through. And Tannehill said that, you know, he was a natural pass catcher, you know, complimented his explosiveness. And, you know, if, you, if you're the Titans, that, that's exactly what you were looking for, you know, as, as far as a, a sidekick to Derrick Henry, um, you know, somebody to sort of spell him on third down. And I, I can't remember exactly what the stat was, Gentry, but I was, I was kind of shocked to see percentage-wise how little Derrick Henry was on the field for the Titans on third down last season. I think it was something under than 20%. You know, so that I, I think that really emphasizes what they, they need in a backup running back, somebody that, you know, is a threat out of the backfield. Well, I, I think when you, you know, for all the money that Derrick Henry is going to be getting now, uh, there's a sense the Titans have really never viewed him as a three-down back, and I still don't think they do. And so, yeah, I mean, as far as a rookie, you're going to need, I think Christian Fulton is going to play a lot, and Evans is going to end up playing a lot because he's in that third-down pass-catching role. And there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to that, though. Can, can he, I think he, he would probably be effective with the ball in his hands and catching passes, but, you know, there's all these other questions. How does he handle, you know, in his pass protection? How does he, you know, the, the, these things are all going to, going to be a in, in training camp and something that uh, the Titans are going to have to sort out because uh, that's a key role for them. That's a guy they're definitely going to need. And I think anybody in this draft class, as, you know, maybe Christian Fulton. I think Christian Fulton's the guy they're going to mm-hmm. need to get on the field too. Right? Yeah, he, he was a guy that I was going to bring up, Gentry, just somebody else that, that we hadn't really talked about. You know, I, I think his what he shows in training camp is going to be important too because he's – you know, kind of the de facto replacement for Logan Ryan, who, you know, was, was a source of a lot of production last season. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of looking for a, a slot guy, and, and Adoree Jackson can be that guy. But it'll be kind of interesting to see, you know, if, if Fulton, you know, fully emerges, and, and I would expect him to do so as a starting caliber guy at that position right out of the gate. And again, this is a guy that uh, I, I think a lot of us saw the Titans potentially picking in the first round. Was certainly surprised to see him fall to the second round. You know, so I, I think they have to be happy about where they got him and what what he could potentially bring, you know, as, as a much cheaper option than Logan Ryan was at that position. So he's another guy that I'm really excited to, to sort of see uh, watch once we get to training camp practices here. And I, I guess lastly in Gentry, Obviously, there's no preseason games, and, uh, you know, for a lot of the guys that we've kind of just been speaking about, that, that's a big deal. Um, you know, for, for a lot of the starters, maybe, maybe less so, especially considering you've got so many returning guys that are on the same page. But, uh, you know, as, as we've spoken about in this podcast, there's a lot of position battles that, that have to play themselves out. And, you know, when you don't have preseason games, that, that number one means less film for coaches to evaluate. And, Number two means less of a chance for, for guys to sort of, sort of show their value, show what they can do in game situations, you know, beyond the, 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 uh, the practice field. So I'm curious who you think that hurts the most, and I, I guess just your overall thoughts on that, how, 
how that affects a team like the Titans this offseason. In terms of just making teams, I think the obvious answer is the undrafted free agent types. You know, the underdogs who come into camp, and, and you only see this, guys who, who outperform expectations once the preseason starts, and you see it on different teams. And, you know, those guys, even if they don't make the, the, the 53-man roster for these teams, they'll end up on practice squads. Other teams are paying attention. This is... These preseason games are big for these guys who, who were not graded as a draftable prospect to show they can play in this league. That, that's that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a lot more difficult to make a team, I think, as an undrafted guy this year than any other year just because you know teams are going to be tempted to go with a known quantity. You know, you're know, you going to go with a guy that you've seen in game action before or you're more comfortable with easily over over the unknown. Uh, well, he looked good in practice, but, you know, no preseason games. I think that hurts. Um, in terms of preparing for the season, you know, the quarterback, that's a big, big one because, obviously, had they played four preseason games, Logan Woodside would have been on the field a lot. All but, you know, I, I think not only would the Titans get a better sense for what he could do and how to handle that backup spot, but it would just be really big for him to get the chance to go out there and do it. And quarterback's not a position where you, you want to be learning as you go. You need to have a good basis for what you're doing out there. And in terms of operating in Arthur Smith's and the offenses they want, I think it would have been huge for him to have that opportunity. They're really going to miss that. I, I think... You know, and, and from his perspective, I think the Titans are, are for now, are pretty set on, on Woodside. But when you lack the ability to see him in game, and if he is shaky in practice, it's going to be a lot more tempting to go grab a 37-year-old veteran who's available as a free agent just as a little bit better safety net for Ryan Tannehill. I think we all learned last season how important the backup quarterback can be in, in an NFL season. Uh, the Titans were, were fortunate to make that was a decision they chose to make, as opposed they were as opposed to having to make after Mario getting hurt or, or something like that. So you want to there are backup positions where you have to be right, and that's probably top of the list. Yeah, I agree. I certainly agree. I, I still think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked um, if the Titans go out and, and sign a veteran quarterback sometime between now and the start of the season. Um, again, I think a lot is, is dependent upon what Logan Woodside shows, but through no fault of his own, you know, I think his biggest opportunities to kind of prove his value have been taken away from him. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Titans do something like that, although we continue to hear, you know, just a lot of praise, you know, from Mike Vrabel to, to Arthur Smith to Ryan Tannehill about Woodside and just his... Uh, competency in, in their system and, and familiarity with with the personnel. I think all of that is really valuable. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if he got out, went out and signed a guy who actually has NFL experience. You know, so to me that that is certainly something that could happen as we get closer to the season. And I guess Gentry, one last thing I want to ask you about is Jadavion Clowney. Are you as tired of, of talking about this topic as Mike Rabel is? You know his his head droop on that conference call a couple of days ago is now a very popular gif and probably rightfully so i'm sure john robinson is just as tired about talking about him as well this thing has probably dragged on longer than you know we might have expected thoughts on on the titans and Clowney as we stand a, a couple of days into training camp now 
Well, you figure he's going to have to sign with somebody some point soon, right? I mean, he's going to, this is drug out. Yeah, we were talking about this before the draft. And, you know, Jadavion Clowney's still out there. I, I feel like it, I've, I've got it written at the point of this. Well, in college football, you'll see that four-star recruit who waits to sign after signing day, and everybody else is already signed, so you got the one guy out there, and he gets a ridiculous amount of attention for about two weeks because he's the only guy out there, and that's what everyone's focused on. That's kind of what Clowney has become. I, I think like, he's a very good player. He's number one pick in the draft. People know what he can do, but I don't think he – he is a game changer that the season rests on whether or not he is on the team. I don't think, I'm not sure he's, he's that good. You'd rather have him than not have him. But I, I don't get the sense the Titans are, are, I think they're interested, but I don't think they're facing him and throwing ridiculous amounts of money to try to get him. And honestly, Eric, I don't think anyone just throwing ridiculous amounts of money to get the guy, or else he would have signed somewhere already. Uh, it's taken so long that you wonder, it's like, well, is he waiting on something that no one is willing to give him? And he might choose to come to Tennessee, but I don't think the Titans feel like they've got to do this. Yeah, and, and this is something we've we've talk, talking about, Gentry, uh, just the fact that John Robinson, in, in this regard, is really disciplined. He won't kind of, unless he really, you know, is, is looking to get his guy, he won't overextend uh, just to get a guy that, that is clearly very popular with the fans. He's sticking to his guns, you know, doesn't want to um, give, give Clowney more than he's worth, and, and clearly nobody else really does. And he, he clearly has a number in mind that hasn't been met, Clowney that is. And we'll see if, if you know, he comes down on that, if, if the Titans are able to find a middle ground with him, if anybody else is. I expect him to be with the team at some, at, you know, uh, at the start of this season. And I believe, you know, last year he, he didn't, things didn't really unfold with him until late August. So, you know, there's still some time for, for things to play out. He's a guy that, um, you know, I probably wouldn't need to be with a team like the Titans right now anyway, just with the slow ramp-up period. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, I, I think it's uh, another testament to John Robinson, just the fact that, you know, he hasn't broken the bank for a guy that, you know, last year just had a few sacks. You know, so so kudos to him. And, uh, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of, of the whole Clowney saga myself, if I'm being honest. Here's my thoughts on Davion Clowney. He's a guy who used to come to the SEC. I, I, had, a, I had a Heisman Trophy vote at one point when, when, when the Davion was in South Carolina. I gave that guy a Heisman vote. I had him in my top three that I turned in. It wasn't my top guy, but I think he was my third guy. Uh, and the reason I did that was I truly asked myself, who are the, who's the best football players I saw this season? He was one of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, he when when he was was into the game and ready to go, healthy, he was just ridiculous. He was he, he truly is one of the best football players I've ever seen play in person. Everybody knows that. We see the highlights. We know what the upside is. But to be honest, he really hasn't been that in the NFL for a lot for, for a lot of different reasons. You know, he changed teams recently. For whatever reason, he he just hasn't been that guy that we have seen him be at times he hasn't consistently been that guy. If you're a Titans fan, I think what you're hoping for is a guy like Mike Vrabel who he's worked with before, a guy he knows, on staff he knows, would have be a much better, uh, the odds would be much better that those coaches would bring that out in Clowney when maybe some others have not. There's probably some truth to that. Um, I think Vrabel with him would be be a pretty, pretty formidable tandem. And I think it would it would be the kind of scenario like you were discussing earlier with Dick Beasley where 
you know, you you could envision him coming into the Titans and having a career kind of year if everything's right. But uh, it's it's still a large part potential, and you have to wonder about a guy who's been in the league now as long as he has, and we're still talking about potential. It's got to be production at some point. You got to, you know, Von Miller produces. That's why everybody uh, talks about him the way he has. It, it, after a while, it stops. It, it starts being what you doing and not what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we will see if the Titans, uh, you know, try and, and tap into that potential by by bringing Clowney here. But for now, that'll do it for for us. We'll be back again soon. Who knows what what the NFL landscape will look like at that point? But we will be here regardless. Until then, for coverage, for more coverage from me and Gentry, you can head over to Tennessean.com and find all of our stuff there. Thanks for listening. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean.